0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And grace and peace to you. We want to thank again everyone who had a part last week in the uh, fellowship meal. Uh, preparing, setting up, whatever you did, it was greatly appreciated, and uh, we just thank you for that. Matthew twenty-two thirty-five. We'll look at that in a moment. Thank you, Jimmy, for the songs talking about love and uh, loving one another and how to love people. Sometimes we have a difficult time loving people. Amen. Thank you. We do. Uh, sometimes we get this desire in our heart. We know there's something we should do, uh, whether they're in a situation of need, uh, whether it's just that uh, your relationship's not right, whatever it might be. We just don't know what to do, what to say. Uh, Sometimes we do something. I think we've all been here, and then we kind of walk away and we think, Oh, you know, I could have done better. I could have done more. That was, I, you know, I didn't think of that at the time. Uh, and, and uh, you know, we just kick ourselves down the street. And then sometimes we don't do anything at all. Nothing. And, of course, as we've studied the Word of God, we realize that love requires action, okay, just to have this kind of nice little feeling in our hearts uh, needs to be brought forward and, and moved into action to show that we truly do love someone. Matthew twenty two thirty five. 35. And in regard to the scriptures we have on your little sheet this morning, you're going to notice that I'm not going to read all of those, nor even to the end, because the point is not, you know, each one of those is a little lesson and story in themselves, but we're pulling out of those our thoughts for this lesson. So I encourage you to take your little sheet home and read through those lessons and kind of absorb the whole thing. Teacher, which is the one, the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbors yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. We've all heard this, uh, most of us, for for years, and we've studied it. I want to focus on the second commandment here. Love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, I've thought about that. Maybe you have, too. What does that mean? That means to promote that other person to the same level as yourself. As much as you care about yourself, you will care about that other person, especially in that particular situation, whatever happens to be going on. Now, for me, that that is a platterful. That is a lot to do. And I think for us to really love other people, we have to work at it. I know I do. Because you know who gets in the way? It's me. Because I don't want to. I have something else I want to do. My needs come first. But that's not what this scripture says. We are to love others as we love ourselves. So it's a tall order. And that's kind of what we want to address this morning. And not that these are the the last words of the Lord on this, but just to kind of help us along the journey. I know we all love people and we all have done things and show our love, but Maybe those will help us do better. And as I studied this, I know it's going to help me do better. So if you want to, I've got one of those little memory devices for this lesson. And on the back of your little ticket there, which give you your free seat today, um, you can write these wor- letters in order vertically. Lata. L A T T A. L A T T A. And we'll fill that out as we go through our lesson. So that's easy to remember. Some of you like your lattes. Mm. It's almost there. You know, we don't have those available for you this morning. (laughs) But uh, it's not difficult to remember. Now, Just this little thought before we get into this, and you might say, well, Jeff, we know this, but, you know, sometimes I think we need to be reminded of this. And it's one of the things, I think, again, that gets in the way of us loving people. We need to see other people as real people. Sometimes we just see other people as interruptions to our day. Why are they here? Why did I get that phone call? Why are they knocking on my door? Right? It's an interruption. I have other things to do. And you probably do if you're like me and like Shirley. Yeah. Interrupt my day, my evening, my Saturday, my nice Sunday afternoon. But... Somebody made the call, made the visit, did something that they wanted you, right? And you always have to see that that all might have started up there with God. That he's the one that sent them to you. And so we have to see them as real people okay, people with fears and doubts and hopes and dreams and problems and troubles and struggles, just like you. And I think that's the way we really start to love people, to see they are real people. And then on the other hand, you know, sometimes we kind of take it the other way. We just see them as opportunities you ever do that? Here's a, here's a person through whom I can advance my own position. My reputation. Someone I can get added to the church. Put another entry on my Facebook page. Make myself look good by doing something for this person. And once again, I'm getting in the way. Because I'm not seeing them as a real person, but just an opportunity for me and then sometimes these folks we just see them as a face or a name in the crowd as we say so distant and impersonal they're just kind of not real just, just, they're just out there you know just, just among the masses they're just there So I think we need to start seeing everyone that we meet and know and it's out there and we hear about that they are real people made in the image of God, loved by God, just like you are, just like I am. All right. That being said, we want to follow through here. Matthew. It's going to Matthew 8. And look at five little incidences. I shouldn't call them little. Five incidences in Jesus' life. We'll fill in this little latte for you. Latte. The first L is listen. Listen. Now, as we read these, you're going to notice that they overlap, and obviously that would be the case. So uh, just bear with me in that. Matthew 8 and 5. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him imploring him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me and I say to this one go and he goes and to another come and he comes and to my slave do this and he does it now when Jesus heard this he marveled and said to those who were following truly I say to you I've not found such great faith with anyone in Israel loving people is truly to listen to them here Jesus heard basically three things about this centurion. The problem with his servant, the fact that the, the centurion understood authority, he knew all about that, sending someone to go do something, and that he had faith when he said, you just have to say the word and my servant will be healed. You don't even have to go down or you don't have to touch him or do anything else. You just have to say the word. This allowed Jesus to correctly assess the situation and this man, what his needs were. Just as we want others to listen to us, we must be willing to listen to them. We have to give them that courtesy that they have something worthwhile to say. And if it's in a situation like this where there is a need, we really need to hear what is going on. I made this little note. How many of us, have in verse 6 here, when the centurion says, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented, would have cut him off and said, oh, you know what? We had that happen to one of our servants once. You know, he he, he had this problem. Boy, it really disrupted the whole household and it was like, two weeks before we got everything back together, and yeah, I really understand what you're going through. ever done that? That's not listening. That's not listening. Good listening has to be learned. You've got to love that person like yourself. You've got to listen to that person like you want to be listened to. Loving people means you're willing to listen to them with an open mind and open heart to whatever they have to say. All right. Let's go to John 4 for the A. Acknowledge. Acknowledge. Loving people is to acknowledge the other person in their current situation, it's kind of like validating. You have to let the other person know that you understand what their situation is as best you can. And that requires, of course, that you have listened to what they said. Sometimes we use the term, I hear what you're saying. Okay? And I hope when you say that, you really do hear what the other person is saying. That you've taken the time to let it sink in. John 4, 7. The woman at the well. As we do this, I want you to to notice not only that Jesus listened to her, but how he acknowledges her situation. All right? Where she is in life. John 4, 7. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus is here by this well. He's been on a journey. He's tired. He's thirsty. And he says, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Therefore the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask me for a drink since I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said there, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink. You would have asked me, and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us the well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst the water I will give him will become in him like a well of water springing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so I will not be thirsty, nor come all the way here to draw. And he said her, Go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said to her, I have no husband. And Jesus said there, You have correctly said, I have no husband. If you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, this you have truly said. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. In this interaction here, Jesus lets this woman know that he knows who she is, okay? About being the woman, you know. She mentions that. She is a Samaritan whom the Jews had no dealings with. For him to be talking with this woman out in public, and that two of them by themselves, was something that was not supposed to be done in those days. Then he acknowledges that about her husband's, that she's had five, whatever those situations were, but now she's just living with a guy. So Jesus, she, she knows that Jesus knows all this. Okay? Now those were all deterrents to them having conversation, you see. She's a woman, a Samaritan, and she was, had that kind of a marital history. Like, boy, this is, a, this is a woman you don't want to have anything to do with. But Jesus was not afraid to sit there at the well and talk with her. So he's acknowledging all of this so that that takes away all of her fears, okay? That she is willing to open up to him in her situation. And then they start to have this wonderful conversation, this conversation about spiritual things, worshiping God. Where do we worship God? That uh, The the scripture says there's going to be a prophet come and so forth and so on. The Messiah is going to tell us all things. She would have never done that unless Jesus was willing to sit there and acknowledge, I I know all about you. I I know what's going on here. And I'm still willing to talk with you. I'm still willing to have this conversation. You know, sometimes some things that people have done, things they're wearing, the way they look, Words they say, vulgarities, they turn us off, and we don't want anything to do with them. We've got to learn to love them through all of that, to acknowledge, what I, I see where you are right now. I see where you are. But I'll, I'll still talk with you. I'll carry on a conversation. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be your friend. You've got to be willing to... Love does that, you see. Love does that. In verse 26, one of the few people to whom Jesus actually said this when they were talking about the Christ, the Messiah was to come, Jesus said there, I who speak to you am he. He confessed it right to her, the Samaritan woman. That says a lot. That says a lot. So loving people means taking a real interest in them and their life situation, acknowledging where they are and what's going on. All right, moving on to Mark 1. This has always been one of my favorite stories about Jesus. The third letter in the first T is touch. It's touch. Loving people is to get close enough to them to touch them. A leper came to Jesus, Mark 1:40, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him and saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. you probably read on leprosy and we've had some thoughts about it before. Lepers lived in a separated community. If they went out somewhere, they had to have a mask on. They had to be crying out, unclean, unclean. They weren't supposed to come near anybody. They weren't allowed in homes around families. They had to live separately. And physically touching this man, Jesus was showing he was willing to get close to him in his infirmity. Notice there it says he was moved with compassion because of the man's situation. How hard that must have been to live away from your family, your loved ones, from your faith community, from their daily and regular interaction with people. So many people we interact with kind of have that in their lives, not that they have leprosy or some disease that keeps them separate, but just in their own hearts and minds. They're so down on themselves. They've done so many things. They think nobody loves them. Nobody's going to care about them. Nobody wants to talk to them that they're like this leper. They just keep themselves at arm's length. We've got to be willing to get past their arm and touch them. Sometimes it's a handshake. Sometimes it's a hug. Husband for a wife, parent for child, others with whom you're close. Some are huggable and some not. You have to learn that. Sometimes it's just a touch like Jesus on the arm or shoulder just to say I'm here. I'm here. Sometimes it's like inviting someone into your home just to have coffee or a meal or talk. I'm, I'm willing to be close to you. I'm willing to touch you. Don't worry about what you've done, who you Think you are. This is love. We're willing to love, touch people, and get close to them. Okay. Matthew 15, the next T. Tell. We have to be able to tell them words of encouragement and hope open up our mouths and speak words of encouragement. I realize sometimes you start out talking about the weather and talking about jobs and, you know, again, somebody's situation and all these other things. But eventually you got to get down to saying something that is going to encourage them in their situation. There's a God who loves you. There's a God to whom you can pray. There is help available. There is hope. Whatever that is in that situation. This is what we as Christians are about. The salt of the earth, the light of the world, bringing hope, bringing the gospel, bringing this message ourselves, telling them what great things God, finally we... We have opportunity to tell, after we've listened thoroughly, what great things God has done for us in our lives. Matthew 15, 21. Jesus went away from there, withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that region came and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. But he did not answer her word. And his disciples came and implored him, saying, send her away because she keeps shouting at us. Here's a Canaanite woman. Now this woman is a pagan. All right? She's not even a Samaritan, not even a half-breed. She's a pagan. But he answered and said, I've sent, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She came began to bow down before him saying, "Lord, help me." And he answered and said, "It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs." The children here are the children of Israel, and she is the dog, a pagan. That's the little parable. Really? This is a test for her. But she said, Yes, Lord. But even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. The woman had two problems. Her daughter's possession and Jesus testing her. And she pursued both of them. She did not let Jesus deter her. And his words here to her would have been a breath of fresh air. I put in parentheses a gale of fresh air. Your daughter's healed. Your faith is great. You know, some folks we encounter, even though they may not be part of our brotherhood or even attending a church anywhere. When you hear their story, which is what we're talking about, you are going to wonder, and you've probably done this at other times, wonder how have they made it so far, right? How have they made it? They have some kind of faith. They, They probably do have some belief in God, some perseverance, Well, this woman's got a stronger faith than I do. They need to hear that. Wow. You've done some great things here in dealing with your problems. But again, tell other things about the Lord and about God, the God who loves them. So loving people, tell them when there's a problem situation, there is hope. the last one, and we all struggle at times with all of these from Luke 18. And this one might be the biggest one because this will get you involved, is to ask. Loving people means ask, what can I do to help you? Oh, sometimes we're just like, whoa, that's just a little bit too far now. That's a little bit too far. Luke 18, 35. Jesus was approaching Jericho. A blind man was sitting by the road begging. Now hearing a crowd going by, he began to inquire what this was. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he called out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He evidently knew who this Jesus was. He had faith in him. Called him the son of David, that means he, they knew he, he knew he was the Messiah. Those who led the way were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him he be brought to him. And when he came near, he questioned him, What do you want me to do for you? Might have been obvious, but kind of like prayer the scripture says God knows what we need before we ask right but we still need to ask it draws us closer to God and helps us to realize our total dependence upon him so here's Jesus you know it's a blind man I'm sure he can see he's blind he said what do you want what do you want me to do for you Sometimes we make the big mistake of assuming that we know what that other person needs. You ever do that? Even though, you know, we've taken the time, we've talked with them, and they've said this and that and this and that, that we don't really know what they want us to do for them. And that's why we have to ask. What what can I do for you? What would you like for me to do for you? Or maybe what do you think the, the congregation could do for you in this situation? Sometimes the answer surprises us. Because they have something else already worked out that we're thinking, oh, we gotta do that, and they no, they got that taken care of. This is what they need. This is why they're coming for help. So we must be willing to ask. And you know, of course that means further involvement. They might say, oh, I'm okay. And you say, well, we're available. I'm here if you want to call me. But then they might have a, have a list. And so we must be willing to love them enough to ask and to get involved, to respond. Maybe we can help with some of the things. One of the things just depends on the situation. But loving people means we are willing to offer help. Lata. Listen, acknowledge, touch, tell, and ask. I think it will be a little helpful thing for me and hopefully for you as you encounter folks out there. Maybe in your own family at times, situations come up. People are, you know, beside themselves. you got to, okay, all right, all right, settle down. What's going on? What's, you ever do that? What's going on? Talk to me. That's where it starts, and it needs to start there. We should be thankful we serve a God of love. He understands love, and he does love us. We see this in the scriptures we read. We understand it from John three sixteen and other scriptures. God so loved the world that gave his only begotten son. Of course, God had insight into us. He knew exactly what we need, right, before. And he knew we didn't have, as Don so, so wonderfully put at the table here this morning about Jesus, that, that we didn't have a, a way of salvation. We didn't have a lamb to offer. That God sent his own lamb, the lamb of God, to be our sacrifice for us because he loved us. So this morning as we close out, maybe you're struggling with loving people. You know, that's to be a characteristic of all of us Christians. And as I said, I know we struggle with it maybe you really struggle with it, and you'd like for us to pray with you about that this morning. That you just really turn away. And, uh, you know, that's just not good. And so we'd be happy to pray with you about loving others in your life. If you're ready to obey the gospel and come to this God of love who gave himself so that you might live, uh, become one of his children, as Dawn said. And then I was thinking... And live in his mansion forever, in his city. What a wonderful place and time that will be. If you want to obey the gospel, will be happy. A happy time, we'd be glad to baptize you into the Lord Jesus Christ. So however you have a need, or whatever that need might be, please come while we stand and sing.